I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. Yo, what's going on, Rush Nation? Welcome to Thursday's show. State of the franchise beginnings, I should say. Murph and I are in the studio. Murph, how are you? Yeah, really good. It's uh, been a long time since I've seen you. Two days, yeah, compared (laughs) to last week's week and a half or whatever it was. Nearly two weeks, yeah. And I'm excited to say that we're joined by Sean and Lee from all32.co.uk. Boys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on on Sunday. How are you doing? Yeah, great, mate. Uh, pleasure having you on our show and uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk some football with you guys. Always a good laugh, so looking forward to it. Nah, it's yeah. good to have you on. Lee, carry on. Yeah, yeah I'm not doing too bad. It's, it's great to have you on the other day. It's, it's just great to come on anytime and talk football. That's it. That's what we do. So the, the mission statement is to keep NFL live 365 days a year. So, yeah, we thought what we'd do with this is uh, a state of the franchises. As we sort of said on Tuesday, this isn't about looking back too much. It's about looking at where the teams are as they stand today with some changes that have already occurred, some players that will be going into free agency, maybe some draft positions, not necessarily players, because it's really hard to predict at this stage, but some positions they might be reaching out for and just so many other pertinent news as they're getting into 2019 so that fans of the show, fans of your show and your podcast and site can uh, digest. We're going to put this out in written form because we've done quite a bit of prep. So uh, we'll be putting this out in the segments as, as we put this podcast out. And 
it will either be two or four podcasts. We'll see how long each segment is and how long we all talk. But since we all talk for a living about football, I can probably predict it's going to be four. Yeah, we're going to put it on Facebook. So if you're angry and want to come at me on Facebook again, bring it on. Hundred <laughs> percent. Right then, we might as well start in the AFC East. Start with Super Bowl champion Sean. This one's over to you. Yeah. So the state of the New England Patriots, as usual, they are holding that title of Super Bowl champs. So you would say they're in a pretty good state. Um, obviously, Belichick and Brady will be back to try and obtain ring number seven in their incredible run together. We'd speculated for a while whether number six would be the end and whether they would go out on top, but there's certainly no sign of that happening, so it looks like they're back yet again. They will be with a new defensive coordinator, so Brian Flores, who drew up that brilliant game plan in the Super Bowl, has departed for the Miami Dolphins. Looks like it'll be an ex-Bucks head coach in Greg Schiano being brought into the defensive side of the ball. But to be honest, when it comes to the Patriots, coordinators come and go. It doesn't seem to have a great deal of effect on their overall success. So I wouldn't be overly concerned as a Patriots fan about any personnel moves they make in that regard. In terms of their players on the field, quite a few Patriots actually are set to hit free agency in the off-season. Trey Flowers, who was their leading sack contributor last year, he's due to hit free agency. Could well get a decent contract somewhere, I would assume. Trent Brown started at left tackle for them last year. Again, he's in free agency. And three of the four um, sort of main wide receivers, none of them really household names, if you like, but all decent contributors, I would say, in Hogan, Patterson and Philip Dorsett. All of those are also due to hit free agency. So that's a room that could certainly look different. And I think we are all probably resigned to the fact that Josh Gordon won't play another down in the NFL. So that's probably a fourth receiver that you can add to that list. Special teams unit also potentially is going to look very different, both the punter and kicker. So Ryan Allen and Stephen Goskowski, who seems to have kicked for the Patriots forever and a day. Um, they're both due to hit free agency also. I would fully expect both of those to come back. However, as we talked about on Sunday with your brilliant article stocks, I think the Patriots just find a way to bring that talent back at a good price. And I would imagine that anyone that they feel is really valuable will not get away from them. So I can't see that being a great big issue for them. Biggest loss potentially, though, is Rob Gronkowski. If he does indeed retire, still no news on that front, but certainly that was a big issue of debate leading up to the Super Bowl. They're used to playing without him now, though, I would say. He's obviously missed a lot of games through injury, but I don't think you actually can replace Gronk like for like. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. They'll obviously be picking at the end of each round. Being Super Bowl champs, that's one disadvantage, a lovely disadvantage to have. Uh, but they'll be 30 seconds on the clock in each round. I'd expect them to, to probably boost that defensive line and increase that pass rush, even if they do keep Trey Flowers. I would have assumed that would be a primary target for them, as well as a downfield receiver. They've always tried to replace Brandon Cook since they traded him away. Gordon looked like he could be the answer, but obviously can't stay on the field, so I've looked for them to address that. And I suppose the age-old question of when they actually bring in the heir apparent will continue to be always in the background. So potentially a developmental prospect if Brady is going to play for another two or three years. They've at least got a timeline to work towards now. Um, so I look for them to potentially to draft somebody in the middle to late rounds to potentially take a little bit of a flyer on as a developmental prospect. As Patriots fans will like to remind us, Brady himself was taken all the way back in the sixth round. So it might not be one of the household names and one that the draft experts will be raving about. But I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him picking up a decent prospect later on in the draft. So, for me, Patriots still start the season as, as probably the 
AFC Kings are the ones to beat, so they're in a good position. Uh, they could be very different, but knowing how they operate, I think they'll be just fine. No doubt. Excellent. Good summary. Yeah, well, we'll move on to our boy who represents Florida teams, apart from your good self, Murph. He's got his Hurricanes jumper on, Dolphins fan. We've given him the Dolphins in the review. Lee, what have you got? Well, it's all changing in South Florida this time. After after a 7-9 and nine season with a few disappointing losses, they've, they've moved on from the, the taco watching Adam Gase. <laughs> if anyone gets a chance to watch that video, make sure you do, because that's brilliant. Oh. Can't say I'm upset to see him with the Jets. But um, yeah, so it's a, a brand new coaching staff, as Sean just alluded to. Brian Flores coming off the back of a, a great performance on uh, with the New England defense in the Super Bowl, takes over as head coach, brings in Chad O'Shea as offensive coordinator from New England as well, which is unusual. Coaches that have left New England in the past have struggled to take more coaches from New England with them, so this is a little bit of an outlier. It's a good thing that they've they've changed most most of the coaches, with the exception of Darren Rizzi, who I believe today has actually been named special teams coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. The, the owners come out and said that he, he wants to build this team differently, so don't expect them to be big players in free agency. This is going to be a team that's built through the draft and by a, a acquiring assets uh, via trade. The Dolphins will look to move on from some of the, the terrible contracts given out by former head of head of football operations, Mike Tannenbaum, including those like Kiko Alonso and Andre Branch, who are paid a lot more money than, than they're probably worth. I also don't think they'll exercise the fifth-year option on, on Devontae Parker's rookie contract, which works out to about $9 million. So look for them to go after a wide receiver in this year's draft, where I think they used the 13th overall pick on alignment, whether that's offensive or defensive. I think they're in a position where they have to go for the best one available and look for them to basically build both lines through the draft there's a lot of questions at quarterback. Some people, it's rumoured that they're, they're going to move on from Ryan Tannehill, but I think it all depends on how that, you know, where they think they can pick, who they think they can pick up at the 13th pick. They don't, I don't think they want to be uh, taking a quarterback in the second round of this year's quarterback class. I think, like you say, it completely depends on where they can get to and who they can put their feelers out and, and get their hooks into. I think they're the most interesting because I've seen. I've seen them linked with players in free agency, but as you said, the franchise don't necessarily want to go that way, potentially, uh, and pay a big deal. I've seen them trade up in mock drafts. I've seen them trade back in mock drafts because the top two prospects will go. I think free agency will determine what happens at the quarterback position because either others will make the move and it will make the draft a smaller pool or they'll take one themselves. I I think there's probably a couple of things to look out for is possibly the the one player they may go after in free agency is a Trey Flowers to help Brian Flores implement his scheme on defense and his culture and I don't know that I don't think that'd be a, a bad thing and also as a slight um outsider don't be too surprised if there's if there's rumors that they try and make a trade for Josh Rosen from the Arizona Cardinals if they have decided that they want to take Kyler Murray that high in the draft interesting yeah Murph and I were talking about this on Tuesday and how the the Patriots could possibly be linked with a Josh Rosen trade should Kyler Murray go there at number one. But taking him number one is an absolute shocker, if you ask me. But we can probably talk about that when we get to the Cardinals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whenever we get to the Cardinals. Yeah, whenever that might be. <laughs> right, Murph, you're on the Bills. Crack on, son. I've never been so excited to talk about the Bills in my life. <laughs> so the Buffalo Bills are going to stick with Sean McDermott whilst their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. They've made a small change on special teams, so he Farwell has come in from the Panthers to replace uh, their longest uh, standing coach on staff, which was Danny Crossman, who 
uh, bit the bullet last year because they had, well, more than a few struggles on special teams. They, believe it or not, have no... Uh, so we used Water Football's top 100 ranked free agents in 2019 coming into free agency to determine who was notable or not. And the Bills had one player of the top 100 and they've re-signed him, which is Lorenzo Alexander. So as a result, they don't have any notable players. They obviously have a few, some backups, some punters, etc., that are uh, hitting free, a, uh, free agency, but no one really noteworthy at all that's going to be hitting, no one worth looking at on or mentioning. So they will be picking ninth in the draft. They've got a lot of holes, uh, this roster. They need playmakers for Josh Allen, so wide receiver, but they also need to massively fix their lines. So um, I can see them taking an offensive tackle here, maybe an interior offensive lineman, maybe an interior defensive lineman. They're crying out for an edge rusher. Great secondary. Don't think they have a lot of holes there, but they really do need to think of a way to get some weapons to, to Josh Allen. But that line was pretty dismal. Josh Allen ran for as many yards as he did last year because uh, most of them, would just take him on the run to, to not go down. I would expect them to go into free agency. I think they're going to sign some playmakers. So I would expect them to probably sign some wide receivers in free agency. There's some good players out there. I wouldn't say there's any necessary strong, standout, huge caliber players, like, say, a Brandon Cooks out there, for example. But there is some really useful utility players. People like uh, Adam Humphreys is going out onto free agency. So I'd expect them to target someone like that with a bit of experience and as a good, solid playmaker. Uh, out there, whereas I think they'll use the draft to fix those O-line and D-line pieces, uh, maybe get an edge. So it depends on what happens uh, above them with trades. Think about where they're going to go. But the strength of this team is it's built on defense, especially the secondary is brilliant. It's one of the best out there. I mean, they kept the they kept the Minnesota Vikings out. They shut them out completely last year, and they did a really good job against the run for the most part. It was just, you know, unfortunately their offense really didn't get going for quite a few plays. So as a result, they just really put them in a hole. But they scraped six wins in the team that I think at the start of the season, people said were the worst team in the NFL. So uh, the coaching staff is good there. And I would expect them to definitely make some acquisitions. I think they can improve from six wins. I can't see them as a, as a playoff team. I think they're in a wrong division. I think the three teams around them are all better equipped to finish above them. But I can see them potentially moving on six wins and, and maybe causing some of those teams some, some problems. Are you done, Sam? Yes, me. Right, I'll take this next one. It's the Jets. Now, we've all heard it before. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And I get the feeling gangrene have got that feeling all over again. Sam Darnold has shown he has what it takes, I think, to be a franchise quarterback. I think the trouble is he's got no O-line and no one notable to throw at. Now, if you give him some decent O-line and top talent, then I think they could be a sneaky playoff pick for next year. Their defense is really good. I think it can even be classed as nasty at times. And you've, you've got Jamal Adams and Marcus May, unfortunately, landed on the IR after six games at safety last year. But they're both really good captains of the defence. And in formidable safety pairing always does you well in the NFL. And I think they need... They've, Ed, I think they should have gone after Khalil Mack. And obviously Chicago offered more. But they desperately need an edge rusher. Uh, they've got no solutions on the roster and... Cowboys Demarcus Lawrence is a big free agency target for them. I don't know whether they'll throw big money at Lev Bell. It could make a lot of sense for them to go after an edge rusher at number three if they sign Bell. But then they do have Elijah Maguire who looks to be somewhat of a talent. The O-line needs a complete overhaul and giving Donald an elite pass protector 
you know, you keep his face looking fresh and give Elijah Maguire or Lev Bell someone to run through. Why are you laughing? It's a true fact. The boy's not bad looking. Ah, you've made me, you've, you've, you've done Lee. I'm off pace. Um, yeah, so Robbie, C, Robbie Anderson's decent, but I think they need a legitimate deep threat and DK Metcalf fits that bill 100%. I think they should trade back from the number three pick because there's people after quarterbacks. We've talked about Kyler Murray going at number one. He could definitely go at number three. So they should trade back and they don't have a second round pick. So if they can acquire a second round pick in trading away their third round pick, then maybe, just maybe, they get the right pieces and we could see them in the playoffs next year. I think the coaching debacle that came out on Tuesday could cause some issues, possibly. Uh, We talked about it on the Tuesday pod and there could be fireworks there. So like we said on Tuesday, hashtag get the Jets on hard knocks. 100%. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'll subscribe. I'll pay the money. I just want to see Adam Gaze and uh, and Joe Vick go against the Williams father-son combo uh, for all the marbles, the power play. It's like it's going to be it's going to be like the Royal Rumble beats Game of Thrones. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, so that's the Jets. You know, I think they went they went four and twelve this year, and I I seem to think they had a better record in my head than that. So I think they played better football than their record suggests. And next year, maybe just maybe, who knows? AFC West. Yeah, so we're moving on to the the AFC West. I will take the Chiefs. So the Chiefs were the number one seed in 2018 with a 13-3 record. Andy Reid absolutely no doubt returns for the reigning number one seed in the AFC uh, after taking them to the championship game in, in 2018. But not long after the game, they did fire uh, Bob Sutton, who is now with the Falcons, as we said on Tuesday. He's been high. he's been replaced by Steve Spangugio. Well done, <laughs> or Spangulio. Even let's get it right. There's no an extra G in there. Apologies, Steve. He is still hiring his defensive staff. He's only been in place, I think, a week or two, not that long. So we don't know who some of the assistants are going to be yet. Now they have some real notable players going on to uh, free agency. D Ford, who's coming off the best uh, year of his career with 13 sacks in 2018. You've also got um, cornerback Stephen Nelson, who was their best outside corner last year. You've got Mitch, uh, Mitch Morse, who he, he is talented, but he does have some real injuries there at the center. He, he's missed 12 games in the last two years. And then there's also what they might do with Spencer Ware. I think they probably might renew depending on the money, but he could also go. They will be picking 29th in the draft. And for me, their primary needs, if they're not going to re-sign Steven Nelson as cornerback, they desperately need a safety and they need a linebacker. That secondary was absolutely dreadful it's why they lost to the Patriots they got absolutely annihilated it was one of the keys to when we were breaking down the game while we thought the Patriots would win and it proved to be the case so for me they need to massively strengthen uh, in the secondary and also uh, for you know the backs positions as well as well as also potentially getting a running back Um, now they don't have Kareem Hunt do they stick with Damian Williams if they lose Spencer Ware they're probably going to need to draft somebody in there as well but the strength of this team is, of course, the offense. They were rated number one according to DVOA rankings. But they will need to massively improve that secondary if they're to have any chance of getting to the Super Bowl in 2019. I know they're most people's favorites to get there already in the AFC. But for me, if they don't make the changes in personnel there and getting some extra reinforcements, I think they're going to struggle. So I would expect them to invest heavily in free agency as well as also the draft in those positions. Now, for utter transparency here on Five Yard Rush, Sean has uh, been travelling this week and he's currently sat in a hotel room eating his room service, it looks like. But he's just giving me the thumbs up. So, Sean, if you want to take the charges, mate, you crack on. 
You're on mute. <laughs> That's a schoolboy error, isn't it? <laughs> Sounded good from this end. <laughs> right, so cheers, mate. Um, I think in terms of the charges we talked about on our show, and I know you guys did as well, that unfortunate situation of ending up with a better record than the Patriots did, but having to go on the road in the playoffs, they ended 12-4, and four, uh, bringing all the coaching staff back, unsurprisingly. I think Anthony Lynn's done a good job since he's got there. They have potentially one of the bigger free agents, certainly in terms of the contract I expect him to get. I agree with Murph. I don't think there's a standout wide receiver in free agency, but Terrell Williams is probably one of those guys that may well end up getting overpaid for the actual level of production that he has produced so far in his career. He's certainly a reliable option, um, but I would expect that he will probably cash in. I think last year's emergence of Mike Williams probably does allow the charges to allow that move to happen. Um, Because they've obviously got Keenan Allen on the other side, so they've already got a good pair in there. I think Hunter Henry coming back at the tight end position will effectively be like a new free agency signing for them. Um, Obviously, old reliable Antonio Gates was brought back last year, but you know you can tell he's obviously well into the back nine of his career. You know he's a steady sort of third down option, but nothing more than that now at this stage of his career. Henry's obviously much more explosive, and will be in the game plan for all three downs, and he's you know arguably one of the sort of better young tight ends in the league. So let's hope he gets fit and he'll be a good addition for them. I would imagine in terms of the draft and free agency, I think it's the defensive side of the ball that the Chargers look to go. Um, And as much as anything, I think, again, it's another team looking for depth within their roster. I think they've got Joey Bowser. They've obviously got Melvin Ingram, so they've got some good pass rushers. I'd expect them to be another team that goes for the interior of the defensive line. I think that would be an option for them. Also, I think they need some depth in that linebacking corps. I think there was you know, a lot of admiration for the game plan that they Im- implemented against the Ravens in the playoffs, where there was a lot of defensive backs playing in linebacker positions. A lot of that was actually through to just not having enough linebackers in the squad. Um, they were depleted by injuries, so I'd look for them to add some depth to uh, that position. They're picking 28th in the draft, um, so that's where I would expect them, like I say, not to be adding any difference makers as such. I think it will be all about depth for the Chargers. Um, I think they obviously had a good draft last year, getting Derwin James in the first round. Looks like probably the steal of the round because he obviously fell much further than anybody expected and had a great rookie season. So they've certainly got some pieces on that defence. For me, I think it's about depth. I'd expect them to have another good run at things if Philip Rivers can keep things going. Similar to what I said with the Patriots, they'll probably need to look at how they move on from Rivers sooner rather than later. You know, But obviously, they're probably in win-now mode. So again, I wouldn't expect that to be until later on in the draft as a developmental prospect. But I'd expect another good season from the Chargers. Yeah, perfect. I'll move on to my boys in orange, shall I? So the Broncos, 6-10. and 10. In a season where Vance Joseph needed to steady the ship, gain the trust of Elway, as well as the locker room and the fans... He failed spectacularly. Hiring Fangio, though, is a wicked move, and I think the defence has some truly remarkable pieces already. Bradley Chubb looks like the real deal next to Von Miller, and Chris Harris Jr. is as good a corner in the league as anyone. Plus, he's got the bonus of being able to play slot corner. And with the NFL moving on to a new passing, lots of point scoring, Chris Harris, as the points come from the slot in the NFL at the moment, and Chris Harris being able to cover slot receivers is a huge bonus. I think Denver need help on the defences in the secondary, cornerback and safety in respective need. So adding a bruising defensive tackle will also need to be on Elway's radar. But I think he deals with this in free agency. 
I think the offensive priority should not be quarterback, but offensive line. Gary Bowles has struggled hugely in his first two seasons and, in my opinion, should be pushed to right tackle. Where guard is another huge concern where Billy Turner and Max Garcia are both unrestricted free agents and the line needs a major upgrade. I think tight end, the Broncos haven't had a relevant tight end since 2013, so adding a tight end either in the draft or free agency is massive considering how you consider tight ends are used in the NFL today. You look at Kelsey, Kittle, Hunter Henry, Gronk of maybe a season or two ago. Tight end is now just a huge receiver and they need somebody like that for Case Keenum, who it looks to be, to throw at. He needs a dump off. Um, Philip Lindsay was that man, but how he comes back from his injury is yet to be seen. Now, I think Drew Locke is a decent replacement for Case Keenum, but he needs a season or two to sit behind a, a respected quarterback and learn his trade. He's very Elway-ish in what Elway likes in his quarterback. He's got great arm great feel and touch on his passes but his footwork needs looking at his five-step drop back isn't great and he gets himself in trouble where he throws off the back foot from distance because of where his feet are so that needs looking at but you know I think primary primary needs in the draft other than quarterback is cornerback safety offensive tackle in inside defensive lineman that's me done Lee over to you and the Raiders yeah, so the, the, this is this is an interesting team. The four and twelve Raiders. Yeah, We're, now I was on with you guys earlier in the year, and I've, you know my feelings towards the Raiders. But this is an interesting one. Going into year two on under head coach John Gruden, they've got a lot of holes, but they're in the unique position of having a lot of capital in the draft to to go and fill those holes with. After trading Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper last year, both for first round picks. Uh, that gives them a total of ten picks in this year's draft. So if they can't do some, if they can't make some difference to that, then I'm not sure uh, that John Gruden's the right man to be there. The Raiders have, think they've got their guy at quarterback with um, Derek Carr's 19.9 million dollar salary being guaranteed for this season this week. So don't look them look for them to go quarterback in the draft. They've got needs at corner, wide receiver, safety, linebacker, defensive end. There's just a lot of holes on this team. But with the cap, they've got plenty of picks in the draft. Like I said, they've also got plenty of cap space to go after some of, some of those players. So I expect them to make some moves in free agency, plug the rest of the holes with a lot of players in the draft, and hope to be competitive going into the 2020 season in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, there's also rumours late today that um, Raiders may also be another team in the running for this season of hard knocks. So. Again, I think they would also be an interesting pick. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I think they'd be an awesome hard knock. I think between them and the Jets now, they've got to be the two front runners. Yeah, I think I think they'd be the interesting ones. I, I think I think Green's going to get it sooner rather than later. I think what might go against them is we still don't know where they're going to play next season. Although they say San Francisco, there's a, you know, the city are up massively against it. So, um, there's still some things to work out where they're going to play. 49ers can block that move as well, right? Yeah, that's what the that's what the city is saying is that the 49ers can block the move. Yeah. So they're working out what to what to do. They don't really like the move. So I think if you're a Raiders fan, I think it's it's obviously got to be really difficult to lose the talent. I personally was for all the moves they made. Um, they're not in a win now. They need to rebuild everything, the culture, the the playing staff, and and everything else. So. You know, at least draft day, they're going to have arguably the most exciting night one because whilst they don't have the one pick, which is always sort of the marquee pick, they are picking at 4, 24 and 27. 
so they can get three elite pieces onto their onto their team in this I draft. I wouldn't be surprised if you see them move that fourth pick and move back to acquire another first round pick and end up with four when it's all said and done. I agree. I think that's the strategy. And if I was if I was the Raiders, you can pass on uh, an Ed Oliver or Josh Allen who might still be there, not the Josh Allen who is the quarterback <laughs> for <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, but another Josh Allen. Um, I could very easily see them with the right offer taking, you know, I could see them maybe moving back to uh, Denver. Uh, I could see Denver moving up. Can you? Yeah, I could see Denver moving up from 10 if they want a quarterback. It, it depends what happens with the Kyler Murray hype. Um, I could see the Giants moving up. I could see the, the the Jags moving up. I think they're all teams that would consider a swap with a second round or a third round pick or maybe even getting another first or you know, seeing seeing what's available. So I, I actually I don't know if they get another first, only because there isn't any other teams other than Green Bay with with another first this year. But maybe they get a second or a third or a bit more. I mean, the Buccaneers last year they moved from from seven to thirteen, and they got two second round picks and a third round pick. So at that time, the price can be quite high, and if they leverage it well, so fascinating team the Raiders, and I really look forward to seeing what they do over the coming months, especially in free agency, they've got some cap room. So exciting time Raiders fans, even though you don't know where you're going to play. And even though it was a dismal year, let's see what happens. Yeah. Be fun. Should have come to London. It's a real shame. Well, it could still happen. Imagine that. <laughs> We've got the stadium so that, you know, we can always be a good fallback option. Right, Rush Nation. I think we're going to end it there. I think, you know, a couple of other pods spreading it out is just what you all deserve. So we'll come back with the AFC North. So, Sean, Lee, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on the first of four. See you around. Murph, as always, it's been a pleasure. But until next time, Rush Nation, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 